I'm Keith Conrad. This is Learn from the Pros, Tales from Writers for Writers Putting Pen to Paper. And earlier this spring, I had the chance to work with Lifeline Theater here in Chicago on an audio drama version of their play, Miss Holmes, which came out in 2016. And the writer of that was Christopher M. Walsh, and he joined me to talk about his writing journey and adapting uh, Miss Holmes for audio. Chris, thanks so much for joining me. Hey, thanks for having me. And I know that uh, in addition to uh, being a writer, you're also an actor. So did did one of those come first for you or, or was it sort of both at the same time? Um, I was an actor first, uh, professionally anyway. Um, I'd always wanted to try my hand at writing uh, from when I was a little kid even um, and just never found something that really grabbed my interest long enough to make me stick with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, it wasn't until I discovered, uh, adaptations when I joined Lifeline Theater, uh, that I thought, wait, th- th- I think this is actually something I could, I could figure out. Um, and, uh, so the first actual play that I wrote that got produced, uh, happened, uh, just about 10 years ago, actually. So when you started, uh, when you started actually writing, was it something that came really naturally or were you constantly like questioning yourself, you know, along the way? Constantly questioning. Uh, yeah, that, that internal editor uh, is, I have not figured out how to, how to turn that off. (laughs) Um, yeah, it's a, it's a constant struggle, uh, to, to get that voice to, to be quiet long enough for you to actually finish, uh, a page or a scene or a play. And you said that uh, adaptations, um, you know, were, were sort of like your your entree into writing because you thought, okay, maybe maybe I can I can do this. That, that's sort of how it happened with with me with my first novel because it was an idea that came out of a uh, an old movie. Um, so, have you have you thought about doing anything that that's you know completely from the ground up original or original? For, for you, or have you just stuck with adapting uh, other material at this point? Oh, thought about it, definitely. Uh, I have uh, hard drives full of first chapters of novels that never got a second chapter. Um, and yeah, I've, I've, I've started writing a, a handful of plays that uh, would be entirely original that I uh, just haven't found my way through yet. But, you know, someday. I've written shorter pieces that were completely original, uh, a few short radio plays, um, uh, mostly horror-based. Uh, but, um, and, you know, someday I hope to finish something completely original. Uh, but uh, adaptations are a lot of fun. Well, that, that's sort of where I am right now, because uh, especially since I finished, you know, writing my, my first novel, I've had all sorts of ideas about other things that I want to do. And, um, you know, now it's, it's sort of figuring out, you know, what's the best thing to do next. And, um, you know, it's almost like I've got too many ideas and, and I, <laughs> you know, I, I probably just need to have somebody look at, at my, you know, marker board full of, full of, uh, ideas and say, you know what, that's the one you, you should write next. Could be. Yeah. I, I wish I had that problem. I, I find, uh, coming up with ideas to write about to be a, a glacial process for me. I don't, I'm not one of those writers who's, who just has too many options to pick from. I, I, I think one of the reasons my pace is so slow coming up with original stuff is that I, uh, 
I just I don't have that kind of well to, to draw from. So it's a lot of uh, a lot of trial and error for me. Yeah, I, I think that um, at least for me, like I found like, you know, and I haven't gotten there yet with what I want to do next. But it seems like no matter what I've been doing, whether it's in, in radio or podcasting or writing that, um, you know, at some point there's an idea that jumps out that it's just like, yes, this is what I need to do next. And I think it, it's just, you know, for me, at least it's it's a matter of that hasn't that hasn't happened yet. It, it hasn't jumped out at me yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's hard to find uh, ideas that stick, but it's kind of exciting when you find ones that that do when they're uh, notions that just kind of uh, float in your head and you find yourself going to sleep, like falling to sleep while while your brain is putting pieces of it together and waking up and thinking about it some more. Uh, there, um, there's a, a playwright named Simon Stevens who refers to it as the the mulling period, which mm-hmm. I, I really kind of quite like because there's this idea essentially that uh, you could spend months in the mulling phase, uh, which is really just thinking about the idea. Uh, and you can still consider yourself to be involved in the writing process, even if you're not necessarily putting your, your hands to the keyboard and, and, and banging out some actual words. So that made me kind of feel better in a way <laughs> that. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're making progress in some way. Exactly. Yeah. Not- even if it's not writing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so what was it like uh, when you were writing your, your first, uh, you know, your, your first project? Um, I know for, for me, I think uh, I, like I said, uh, mine was a novel and I think that I rewrote the first chapter about 17 times, just, you know, <laughs> just by itself. And so it always made me laugh whenever uh, somebody would, I, I would give it to somebody to read and they'd, they'd be like, Oh, I really like this so far. And I'd be like, how did how far have you gotten? Oh, just through the first chapter so far, and I'd be like, "Well, I I would hope that turned out pretty well because because that like the the first chapter probably took me a year of, of writing, <laughs> <laughs> so I would I would hope that turned out okay. Sure, uh, right. Um, you know, did you run into any of the same problems where you know at the beginning you're like trying to get that so perfect that you just can't get any further? Yeah, very much so. Um... It was a my first real writing project was an adaptation of The Count of Monte Cristo mm-hmm. uh, by Alexander Dumas, and it's uh, if you're familiar with the book at all, it's it's a massive book. It's incredibly long, um, and I wanted to find a way to distill it into play length around two hours, two and a half hours on stage, um, and I had. An idea. I was familiar with the novel. I'd read it a few times. It was something I'd read in high school, and I it, the story had always stuck with me. Um, and so I had kind of in my head, I had sort of the broad strokes of what the story would be. I knew I had an image in my head of how the play would begin. I knew like the specific moment that the first act would end on. And there are a couple other moments that I, I visualized very clearly. I knew that this is how this part from the book is going to appear on stage. Then the challenge became uh, using elements from the book and themes from the book to thread those those moments together in a way that still captured the spirit of the book, but really uh, eliminated large chunks of the original story. Um, 
And once I found my realized that that actually was the challenge I'd, I'd given myself, I got pretty intimidated because uh, I didn't feel like I was necessarily allowed to, uh, <clears throat> to mess with a classic like that. Yeah. Um, but in some ways it was, uh, you know, it's kind of a cliche, but, uh, a deadline will always inspire. And, uh, so <laughs> what I did was I had told, uh, the rest of the, uh, the ensemble at Lifeline Theater that this was a project I w- wanted to do. And they said, great, we need to see a first draft by this date. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> that was a, uh, a kick in the pants to actually get the thing done. And um, it's the, uh, you know, having that, uh, an ensemble being a part of a theater company that does this, that, I mean, that's, that's what they do is they create literary adaptations. Uh, <clears throat> so there was a safety net from the beginning. Uh, they weren't going to let me completely embarrass myself uh, by putting something that wasn't ready to go on stage uh, in front of an audience. I think there's a lot to what you said about, you know, deadline motivating you to get things done. I think, I think that's been the, um, that, that's really done a lot to help me in, in other areas of life. But I think that, Unfortunately, I've been in a in a position where, um, it, when I've been writing things, there hasn't been any deadline, so it just you know it just kind of kind of drags on forever. So I, mm-hmm. I I think what what I the what I need to do is I need to figure out some way to you know sort of like artificially impose that on myself, and uh, so so far that that I haven't been able to do that. Yeah, I I, I look for those uh, you know in the the few times I've, I've been trying to do original stuff. Because uh, again, it's, I've, I've sort of cheated that a lot of my writing projects were were for my theater company, mm-hmm. uh, and so there was this kind of built-in uh, requirement that you know there was a group of people that I see at least once a month who are yeah. expecting something uh, to appear that they could read and uh, give feedback on. Uh, so that that really helped. But when it comes to creating my own work, um. Yeah, you you know, you, I find myself looking for uh, other opportunities, you know, to that are you know contests uh, and things like that that are going to be opening up submissions and trying to see if I can complete something in time for those deadlines. Uh, those kind of help. There's uh, there's some things on that Twitter happen on Twitter where a couple times a year they open up uh, the just this writing group sets up a thing uh, where you can post a, uh, a pitch, uh, a Twitter length pitch of your work in progress. Uh, and they have uh, literary agents and editors agree to spend the day reading these pitches. So the, the goal is to try to come up with something uh, that if one of those people saw a pitch that you posted, you would actually have a, <laughs> a manuscript to send them. So those are, you know, kind of good things to, to use when you need something to, to impose that deadline. Yeah. I think, uh, that, that would do a lot. I mean, for, for me, what finally put me over the top was, uh, I, I started dating my, uh, my girlfriend and my eventual wife and mm-hmm. actually just, you know, kind of, kind of the same way that you said that you had this group of people that you saw once a month and you, you felt, uh, accountable to have something to, to show them. She, she just kept asking about it. So uh, eventually I was like, 
you know, I should actually get this finished. <laughs> and so that, that, that actually did uh, motivate me. So I, I guess I, I just need that, that person who sees me every day to go, Hey, did you work on that yet? <laughs> yeah, that's how, that's helpful. Yeah. Uh, so now you've got a, a few projects, uh, under your belt. So if, uh, you know, if you could go back in time and uh, and smack some sense into your younger self or, you know, for any, you know, young up and coming writers uh, at this point, uh, what sort of advice would you have for them? Um, I think what uh, I would tell myself is to is to take the pressure off. I think a lot of uh, what ends up uh stifling new people is the this pressure to get it right the first time mm -hmm. and once you accept the fact that that is not going to happen and you actually need to get those mistakes out of your system by putting bad writing down on paper mm -hmm. uh it frees you up a lot because then you can actually just go ahead and do it uh i i wish i had been much younger when i read the Ernest hemingway quote the first draft of anything is shit uh, <laughs> because it's uh, because it's profoundly true. And once you kind of accept the fact, uh, Stephen King says something very similar about how basically the first draft is just for him. Uh, and once he gets that written, then he can write a second draft for other people to read. Uh, and that, I think that's, that's fantastic advice. The, uh, you know, just Get the words out. Don't make. Don't put any effort into making them good. You you can fix them, but you can't magically make them appear good just all, all at once. And if I'd known that, you know, 20, 30 years ago, I may have started my writing career a lot earlier. Yeah, it's definitely a lot easier to edit something that's already there and may not be great and turn it into something that's that's a lot better than mm -hmm. just, you know, looking at a blank page and, and being intimidated by that. Very much so, yeah. Um, I mean, there's – I've always thought that, you know, the a, uh, <laughs> a brand new, a newly opened blank Word document is always sort of an exciting thing, but it's uh, – but it's also a bit intimidating because there, there always has always felt to me like there's pressure that if I'm going to mar up this lovely white image, then I need to, you know, have something profound to say or have something poetic or something exciting. Uh, and it took a long time before I could release myself of the pressure of that and just accept the fact that no, no, just put anything down and you can make it good later which it's funny because you know back in the day when uh, everybody was using uh, typewriters I, I would say there's probably a little bit more to that uh, argument than when <laughs> it's uh, it, you know it's, it's a digital document and, and it's just you know ones and zeros and uh, you're, you're not necessarily uh, actually marring a a pristine white sheet of paper with your uh you know, with your terrible first draft, it seems like it would be a lot less intimidating, but it's not. It's, it's, <laughs> Absolutely. It's yeah. I don't know how I would have functioned <laughs> if I had to, <laughs> if, I, if I didn't have the opportunity to, uh, <laughs> to edit on a, on a, you know, computer, it's a, 
oh, it sounds awful. <laughs> yeah, I remember when I was in college and uh, having to work on my my thesis, and uh, you know that that was only I, th- I think about about seventy five pages, and uh, you know at the time it seemed like a big deal. Now, you know seventy five that that's that's <laughs> nothing. Um, but uh, yeah, I remember you know, like the professor talking about, hey, you know there was a time when we had to actually like type all this out. And if you made any mistake, you basically had to start that page all over again. So yeah, I, I couldn't even imagine that. <laughs> my, my, my hats off to the people who actually, actually had to do that. But Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's horrifying. <laughs> well, thanks for, for joining me, Chris and, uh, and sharing your, uh, your story and your thoughts on writing. Yeah. It was great to talk to you. Gabatron.